Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church you connect with, you belong here. Right now, Collective is fully online, so if you like the podcast, make sure to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We would love for you to join us. A lot of big things are going on at Collective, so make sure not to miss a week this fall as we will be sharing about how God is moving in our church and what is next for Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. I'm not going to lie, that bumper video has hit me in the feels every single week of this series. I never imagined I would tear up when thinking about not being able to go to a middle school every week because growing up, I hated middle school, just like many of you, but I miss West Frederick. And to be honest, this isn't the way we imagined we'd be closing this chapter of our church's story without a big send-off, without one last day, without one final worship set. But this is where we find ourselves. And that is what this sermon series is all about. For the past few weeks, we've been closing one chapter of Collective and moving into the next one. So two weeks ago to kick off this series and to celebrate our birthday, we spent time looking back and remembering. We celebrated what God has done. We reminisced about how God has provided. And then last week, the challenge was to take the next step in our own faith, to join a group, to join the team, to get baptized, to start a Bible study, to trust God with our finances. And the reason we have confidence in taking next steps in our faith is because God has proven to us that he is with us that we don't have to be afraid, that he's for us. So we've celebrated the past. We have focused on the present. And today is all about the future. So here's what I want to do to start off today. I want to talk about dreams. And I want to know, are you a dream forgetter or a dream rememberer? Using the emojis like we've done in the past, I want you to like if you're a dream forgetter and heart for a dream rememberer. Extroverts are trying to type out their dream from last night in the chat right now. You don't have to do that. It's okay. Now, I am a dream rememberer. And I feel like I dream a lot because almost every morning I wake up remembering some details of at least one dream. But even though I dream a lot, I don't really have common dreams. Those are the dreams that scientists have learned that most people have, such as dreams about flying, dreams about being chased, dreams about falling. Apparently, it's really common to have dreams about showing up to work or to school naked or your teeth falling out, which just saying that out loud makes me cringe. But most of the dreams I have are a weird combo of real life with weird circumstances. About five years ago, I had this dream. I was hanging out with some friends in a barn But this wasn't like a normal barn with animals. This was kind of like a hipster barn. And the barn actually had a floor that looked a lot like a stage. And there were speakers and lights hanging from the ceiling. And as we were hanging out in this weird stage slash floor, someone pulled open two giant barn doors. And sitting outside were hundreds of people who began to cheer loudly. Then an announcer came over the loudspeaker and welcomed everyone to the talent show. And then hip-hop music started. Now, let me pause here for a second. I hate dancing. I don't dance. I can't dance. Ray and I didn't even have dancing at our wedding. And no, I don't care what you think about that. 
I don't want to stand in a circle and watch people pretend like they're taking things off a grocery store shelf and placing them in a shopping cart or people pretending to mow a lawn or people pretending to fish and catch a person. I don't want to cha-cha slide, Cupid shuffle, wobble, duggy, or crank that. But this dream wasn't about fears. And here's why. The giant barn doors opened up, the crowd started cheering, the music started, and then me and the guys I was with started crumping. Yes, crumping with a K in case you didn't know. Now, if you don't know what that is, you clearly didn't watch the show Community, but I'd suggest you Google Community and crumping, and you can thank me later. And as we were crumping, the crowd started booing, which made sense because I don't actually know how to crump. And the barn doors closed, And I woke up. It was easily one of the weirdest dreams I've ever had, but I still remember it to this day. Now, dreams are amazing things. Scientists believe that the average person has three to five dreams a night, and some people actually dream seven to 10 times a night. Dreams can last for a few seconds and up to 20 minutes. And everyone dreams from babies to adults. Even if you don't remember them when you wake up, you dream. But even though we might dream at night, that doesn't mean we choose to dream when it comes to our own lives, right? Not every person has aspirations or ambitions, dreams for their marriage, dreams for their family, dreams for their career, dreams for their faith. So to close out this series, I want to get you dreaming about what God can do in your own life and the lives of people around you. Proverbs 29:18 says where there is no vision the people perish. And the word vision is best defined as the picture of a preferred future. One pastor I heard say it like this, where there are no dreams we perish. It's not a physical death, but a spiritual death, a relational death, an emotional death. And when I look back over my own life, I am at my best when I am dreaming, when I have a vision for my family, for my life, for this church. And when I'm not dreaming or focusing on vision, I feel lost. I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. But every time, regardless of the circumstances, when I'm dreaming about the future, I feel better. I feel healthier. I feel excited about what's to come. I'm more disciplined. I have more joy. So I want you to take notes today. Well, I want you to take notes every Sunday, but especially today, because I'm gonna talk about having dreams for your life. But here's the thing. I can't choose these dreams for you. So what I want you to do is I want you to listen and learn today, but spend time this week really wrestling with this idea of having dreams for your life. I read this verse at our birthday celebration a few weeks ago, but I wanna read it again. It's from Ephesians 3. It says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God who is working in our lives can do more than we can ask or imagine. So the question I have for you is, what are your dreams? What are your dreams? What are your dreams for your family? What are your dreams for your spiritual life? What what dreams do you have for your relationships? What dreams do you have for your neighbors? And listen, 
This isn't some sort of name it and claim it thing. This isn't the prosperity gospel where you dream about a million dollars and expect God to drop a bag of money on your doorstep. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the fact that we have seen God move in incredible ways in our lives and in this church. And because of that, we believe that God will do it again. That's why we're taking next steps in our own life right now. We have faith in God and that faith leads us to move forward. So we dream about what God can do in our lives if we continue to trust him, if we continue to let him lead, if we continue to have faith that's bold. First John 5, 14 says this, and we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Another translation of the Bible says it like this, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if our dreams are aligned with what God wants for us, he hears us. But if our dreams are selfish, if they're self-centered, if they're greedy, if they cause others harm, if they're outside of God's will, they'll get ignored. So what are your dreams? Here's some of mine. For my family, right now I pray daily that my girls grow up to love Jesus and the church. I want so desperately for them to choose to put their faith in Jesus and get baptized one day at Collective. For my marriage, I want to have a marriage that overflows grace and and love, and I want to grow closer to my wife every day and not ever become complacent. For my spiritual life, I want to go a whole year without missing a day of reading the Bible so I can know God better and better understand his will for my life. For my friendships, I want to get to a place where I'm comfortable sharing about my insecurities and fears. And I want my friendships to feel like the safest relationships outside of my marriage that I have. For my neighbors, I desperately want them to know Jesus. I want them to be a part of this community. I want to see them put their faith in Jesus and get baptized. I want them to know that life exists that is full of hope and peace and joy and that that only comes from Jesus. Those are some of my dreams. So what are your dreams? Now, once you begin to figure out what they are, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write them down. Put them in a notebook. Put them on a bulletin board or whiteboard in your house. Put them on a sticky note. Just write them down. Before launching Collective, I was part of a church planning cohort with guys from all over the United States who were planning churches. And most of the time we focused on creating budgets, developing systems, writing policies and other really exciting things. But one of the projects we were asked to do was dream. To dream about the future church plant and what God could do in our lives and in our city. We were asked to write them down. And here's why, this is really fascinating. Researchers have discovered that people who write down their dreams on a regular basis achieve them at a significantly higher level than those who do not. In fact, you become 42% more likely to achieve your dreams simply by writing them down on a regular basis. Also, the likelihood that you'll transform your desires into reality goes up even further if you share your written goals with a friend who believes in your ability to succeed. So if you write them down and give them to a friend, you are more likely to achieve those dreams. All right, so the question is, why does writing down your goals and dreams have such a profound impact And the explanation has to do with the way our brains work. As you know, your brain has a left and right hemisphere. 
The wide, flat bundle of neural fibers that connects the two hemispheres is called the corpus callosum. This is the conduit through which the electrical signals between the right brain, which is the imaginative side, and the left brain, which is the literal side, make contact. These electrical signals then move into the fluid that surrounds the brain and travels up and down the spinal column. These signals then communicate with every fiber, cell, and bone in your body to the consciousness that operates within us to transform those thoughts into a reality. So if you just think about your dreams, you're only using the right hemisphere of your brain, which is your imaginative center. But if you think about something that you desire, then write it down, you also tap into your logic-based left hemisphere. And you send your, your conscious and every cell in your body a signal that says, I want this and I mean it. So just the act of writing down your dreams ignites an entirely new dimension of consciousness, ideas, and productivity to the powerhouse that is your subconscious mind. In fact, this simple act also opens up your subconscious to seeing opportunities that simply can't be observed if you're just thinking about your goals. Now, TLDR, writing down your dreams helps you create goals. Creating goals helps you achieve them. So here are some of the dreams that we had before Collective started just three years ago. One of our dreams was that 200 people would show up for opening day. We had the dream of being in our own space by the time we were five years old. We had the dream of 50 baptisms by year three and 100 baptisms by year five. We dreamt of helping plant a church in the first three years, of having five small groups by the end of year one and 75 people on the team by the end of year one as well. We wanted people in our city to think of Collective as a church that was for Frederick. And those dreams impact how we do things at Collective what we communicate on Sunday mornings, how we serve Frederick, how much time we invest in developing new leaders and starting new groups, how we spend our money, what risks we choose to take. And at the time I wrote these goals down, we hadn't even moved to Frederick yet, but now I can look back at the list and see that God has crushed it. There were 270 people at launch. We're moving into our own space and we're just three years old. We just celebrated our 79th baptism as a church and our 80th will be on October 18th at our fall worship night. We helped start a new church in Haiti. Right now there are over 130 people on the team and we have 11 small groups. When people hear the name collective, they know that we are a church that serves and loves the city. God did immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine in the past three years. And I'm so thankful for that. But without us writing these dreams down, I don't know if we would have set the goals needed to make these dreams become a reality. Maybe just thinking them would have been enough. I don't know. But writing them down gave me and the leaders tangible things to pray for. It helped us set goals. And these dreams helped us create the values and DNA of this church. And the truth is now it's time for new goals. It's time to dream some more when we go into this next chapter so for this message, I typed out some of the dreams that we have right now at Collective. We have a dream that we'll grow and start a new service on Monday nights. We wanna do this because over 30% of the people who live and work in Frederick are in customer service. That means that a large population of our city can't do church on Sunday mornings. So we wanna start a worship service that fits their schedule. We have a dream that 500 people will get baptized at Pegasus Court. We have a dream of planning new churches. Specifically, we want to develop a church planner at Collective, then send them out to start a new church. We have a dream that at least one student who grows up at Collective will go into ministry. 
We have a dream of having every person in our church go through FPU and become financially free. We have a dream of 75% of our church being in a small group and 75% of our church being on a team. But the biggest dream of all, we have a dream that every single person in our county, all 250,000 people, will hear about a God who loves them unconditionally. And the truth is, these dreams are not reachable without God leading the way. We can't achieve these on our own. But through the goodness of God, we hope to see them come true. So you write down your dreams. But the next thing that you do is take action. James 2 says, Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Another translation says it like this. But someone will say, one person has faith, another has actions. My answer is, show me how anyone can have faith without actions. I will show you my faith by my actions. Dreams are proof that we have faith in God. And our actions prove that we actually want to see those dreams become a reality. So what actions do you need to take? And yes, I know we talked about next steps last week. But next steps are an every day, every month, every year type of thing. So you need to be wrestling with taking a next step, with taking action. So what action do you need to take? I'll give you some examples from what I shared earlier. For my girls and my dream of them loving God and the church, that means reading the Bible with them regularly. If you're a parent looking for a Bible to read, you need to check out the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's incredible. It means praying with my girls. It means talking to them about the good things God has done and is doing in our lives. It means making Collective Kids online a priority and worshiping and learning with them on Sunday mornings. It means serving at the church and talking to them about why it's important to give your time and talent so that other people can know and love Jesus. It's not just about having dreams. It's about the actions we can take to make sure that we can make these dreams become a reality. So if you dream about growing in your faith, what actions are you going to take? If you have the dream of finding a godly spouse, what actions are you going to take? If you have the dream of getting out of debt and becoming more generous, what actions are you going to take? If you have the dream of raising children who love Jesus, what actions are you going to take? So you write down your dreams, you take action, and the last thing is brag. You brag about what God has done. 1 Corinthians 1 says, Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. One of the reasons we dream is so that when God does immeasurably more, we get to boast about him. We get to share with others just how good God is, just how much he loves us that our marriage is stronger because of his grace and mercy, that our job has more joy because our purpose comes from him and not the money we make, that we have more peace because he brings us comfort. Over the last two weeks, we went through a story from Joshua 3 and 4. And in this story, God performs a miracle and stops the Jordan River so the Israelites can safely cross over to the promised land. And two weeks ago, we focused on the Israelites' response to that miracle. And I want to read that to you all again. Joshua 4 says this, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, 
They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the truth is, while you put stones down to remember what God has done in our own lives, we are those stones in the lives of other people. We are the memorial. We are the reminder to our kids, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our family, that God did a miracle in our lives, that God brought us to safety, that God is with us. And because of that, we boast in the Lord so that other people can know what God's grace has done in our lives. So what are your dreams? What do you want God to do in your life? What are you asking God for? What actions are you taking to show that you trust God and have faith that he'll provide? Because it's time to dream big and watch as God does immeasurably more in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our city, and in our church. Now, with all this talk about dreams, I want to finish with the most important one, God's dream, God's desire, his ambitions, his vision. They can be found in Luke 19, it says this, for the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. God sent Jesus to this earth so that lost people could be found, so that people who are far from him could know that he loves them so that he could be in a relationship with every single person that graces this earth. You see, his dream isn't about rules. His dream isn't about punishment. His dream isn't about power. His dream is about you. And I think it's really important that God didn't just have this dream, but he took action. John 3, 16 says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God so desperately wants to be in a relationship with you that he sent Jesus to earth to live a perfect life. Then Jesus sacrificed his own life on a cross in order to pay the debt that our sin creates. And Jesus did all of that so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have an opportunity at eternal life. So no matter who you are, no matter what sin you have in your life, no matter what brokenness you've experienced, no matter how much or how little you believe in God, no matter who you are, you are God's dream. And when you declare your faith in him and let him lead, when you get baptized, when you trust him, God will do immeasurably more than what you can ask or imagine or dream of. Let's pray. God, thank you. that you allow us to ask, that you allow us to imagine, that you allow us to dream about what you can do in our lives. God, what you can do in this city, what you can do in this state, what you can do in this region. So God, we wanna dream and we wanna dream big. God, God, we want to, to dream about marriages being restored. We wanna dream about people coming back to faith in you. We wanna dream about kids growing up in the church and loving the church and loving people. God, we wanna pray or dream about those kids growing up and putting their faith in you. And God, that we get the opportunity to celebrate that. God, that's what I pray for for my own kids. So God, help us dream. 
God, help us trust you enough and, and understand that we've seen you move enough in our own lives to dream big about what you can do in our hearts and the hearts of people around us. God, thank you for this church. God, thank you for the opportunity we have to close one chapter and move into the next. God, we're so excited about what you can do. God, we want you to lead. We have our faith in you that you're gonna do big things, bigger than what we could ever imagine or ask. God, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.